Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of that guy that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by the current steward of the Star Trek universe, executive producer Alex Kurtzman. Star Trek was, in part, my attempt to say that humanity will reach maturity and wisdom on the day it learns to value diversity in life and in ideas. That was beautifully read by Alex Kurtzman. And we also want to welcome our guest, Josh Olson. Before I let Josh speak, I just want to say that for some reason when he was reading that quote, because I can't (laughs) stop talking, Josh, the thing I got from it, it just immediately reminded me, for some reason, Kent State popped in my head, super strong. And when mm. that quote was being read, because it's from 1974, I don't know if Kent State was a little earlier, a little before, but I think of diversity, right? It's not just um, ethnic groups. It is diversity of thought. And that was the early 70s, late 60s. There was an abundance of diversity of thought and counter counterculture, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. what about you guys? What did you what struck you about that quote? Yeah, I mean, that 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 is what hit me is that. Because there was a lot of focus then on just, uh, uh, you know, with the civil rights movement and everything else, there was just so much, so much focus on on identity, which which was necessary and made sense. What's amazing to me is that Roddenberry was was canny enough to sort of get that that's not the only problem, that is not the only issue we need to be addressing. And mm-hmm. you know, as as we record this, you know, the 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 CIA put out an ad a couple of days ago about a. Um, you know, a recruitment ad using, I believe she's a Native American woman with anxiety disorder. And, you know, and the whole point was that, like, look, we're the CIA and we bring in diverse people to be. And you're like, you're the mm. CIA. It's like you're still <laughs> going to be spending all your time going around the world and, you know, disrupting Democratic elections and black bagging people <laughs> and teaching people how to run death squads. Well, that's like, diverse. Yeah, and there's that, you know, there's a great cartoon of, of, you know, people in the Middle East is like they watch bombs being dropped on them and they go, oh, hey, look, it's a black woman piloting the plane. And and that's the problem. It's like there's so much focus. And I think over sort of on the on the liberal side. And to be clear, I'm not a liberal. I'm a socialist. Uh, I I come far farther to the left than that. There's so much obsession. They, They sort of stop at identity. It's like, look, we have this candidate. We are right now in California. I'm really concerned. I'm more concerned than some of my friends that Caitlyn Jenner has a chance. Caitlyn Jenner's politics are horrifying. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. They're horrifying. She's being advised by people Mm -hmm. who ran Mm -hmm. Trump's campaign. I have to assume if you're listening to this, you're probably not a Trumper. And if you are, (laughs) whatever. But there are going to be people who are going to go, oh, look, it's really important. We'll have a trans woman in the governor's office. It's like, I'd be much happier with an old straight white guy who actually passed policies that were yeah. better for trans yeah. people than Caitlyn Jenner were. 
Yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like the weaponization of diversity yep. is kind of what is ringing in my yeah, ears as yeah, you're saying it's, this. It's awful. You know, there's a guy in Philadelphia, there's a guy running for district attorney who's, um, uh, they have a great DA in Philly right now and they're running this absolute monster who's completely in the pockets of the, the police union and, and he's mm. Latino. So they're going to try this. Sort of go, hey, look, it'll be a Latino DA. Like, great. Yeah, it'll be a Latino DA, you know, letting cops off the hook for murdering your children. So that's progress. So I, I major points to, to Roddenberry for including that in there, because at a time when I think issues were much bolder and easier to transcribe, you know, mm-hmm. you could easily see losing sight of the fact that diversity of opinion and ideas is every bit as important as diverse representation. And uh, this quote was delivered at Kansas State to to the student body there in 1974. This was, you know, years after the original series is off the air, years before the, the films were made. So there was no uh, guarantee that the Star Trek story mm-hmm. was going to continue. Uh, so but this was still something that was very, very important to him. Uh, this idea of talking about the diversity of ideas, the diversity yeah. of life, more than just, you know, skin color, which is which is very important, but it's, it's very, I don't want to say it's very easy, but it's easy to see, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's more, uh, difficult to see diversity of ideas. You have to have a dialogue and you have to be open and you have to be willing to accept those, uh, or at least listen to them. Yeah. I wish we could kind of take a page from nature because when you think about the diversity of biology out there, right. Mm -hmm. And the way that Mm -hmm. things have evolved and how this certain sequoia tree couldn't survive without this little other tiny thing that actually attracts all the things that would eat the big tree. It all works in Mm -hmm. synergy together. And um, I think as humans, we haven't quite reached that synergy yet. You know, we're still making fun of other people's food that smells funny. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. We're not going to solve this issue in a podcast, but what do you guys think is the way to move closer to that because in last year that was the closest we've come to a 60s experience you know as far as my Mm. uh, me being a gen x age person i remember thinking oh all this stuff happened in the 60s and 70s and you know i i got the 80s and big shoulder pads and slackers (laughs) and uh, here we have the big social movement and my stepmother who's in her 80s said it's worse now than it was in the 50s and she's a black woman saying that so that weighs heavily on me what what do you think we can do to have people appreciate diversity more rather than say, oh, it's different. I'm superior to that or I'm lower than that. Yeah, it, it's tough because people, there's a natural tendency. Look, life is hard, man. I, I used mm-hmm. to joke. I, I have to upgrade it because the reference is almost alien to most people now. But I once joked about writing a self-help book called Even Paris Hilton Has Pain. But you know, <laughs> everybody, everybody is carrying a load. Everybody has yes. hassles. Everybody has problems contextually. And you know, and my problems are as tough to me as to someone who's, you know, suffering way more than I am. It's just, that's our life, you know? And it's, it's hard to take the time to deal with complex ideas. You can see Mm -hmm. the appeal of like, oh, wow, we just need to elect more, you know, black women to, to office. It's like good step, but there's an awful lot of terrible black women out there whose Mm -hmm. politics you don't Mm -hmm. want to get near. And, you know, it's, so now you're saying, so you have to understand, first you have to understand this idea. And now you have to understand that it's not as easy as just replacing, you know, uh, uh, me with Rachel. 
But well, you that's, could. A, that's a good step. No, you that's can't. A you can't. Step. No, it's a <laughs> good could. step. But but now you also have to take the deeper dive into who people are and what they actually believe and what they're going to do. And that's work. It um, is. And uh, frankly, I'm worried that like in 10 years, you know, who's going to be our president like Tucker Carlson with uh, um, yeah. Stacey Dash as yeah. his vice president, <sighs> you know, yeah. like because <laughs> because this quote also reminds me a little bit of we're very much in the cult of personality construct mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm working on a new book and working on an essay about that because we saw it before, but now it is celebrated in a way across many, many platforms we didn't have before. So yeah. it is indulged and celebrate in a way that I don't think is helping us grow because part of this quote literally says the reward, you know, kind of for uh, valuing diversity is maturity mm-hmm. and wisdom. That's a pretty yep. good reward and worth worth fighting for in my yeah. book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's, it, like I say, but it's it's so hard to um, communicate that. And I, it's interesting you bring up, yeah, Tucker Carlson, I think is a decent chance of being our next president. He does. People, I even if you, <laughs> listen, I don't like him. If you like him, go do your thing. Vote for him. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him. Don't vote for him. That's my two yes. cents. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. But I also think that, that you know, one of the things about Republicans, say what you will about them, they, they understand power better than Democrats, I think. And they mm-hmm. also know how to use this stuff against them. And I really do believe, I think there's a really, I think there's a 98% chance that the first woman president is is going to be a Republican because they are going to use that. Mm. To, Prophetic words. But know, they keep picking women, you know, who self-implode. But I hear you at one yeah. point, they won't. Yeah. It won't be, I see Alaska from my backyard. It'll actually, no, it'll <laughs> yeah. be someone who's making complete sense and not a, not a Trumpster speaking kind of person. Yeah. No, you're right. That was my biggest fear staying on this topic is that the next uh, Republican, I think, nominee who is really, really intelligent and really, really savvy is going to have a a much, much easier way of getting elected. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Trent, I I have a question for you, and I don't expect you to answer for all uh, Mexican-Americans, as I cannot answer (laughs) for all black people or mixed black people. But I found it interesting that ultimately in California, too, Hispanics tend to vote for Trump. Yes. How? I, what about you? For, yeah. So I do not. I did not. Uh, I am a bleeding heart liberal and very proud of it. But I have members of my family that are very conservative. And it's my experience from the people that I know that it comes from a very traditionally minded mindset. It's very outdated. It's it's the reason why um, I don't have a lot of great relationships with these members of my family who believe that, you know, women should stay home. And the men, it's very it's a very machismo sort of mindset. And I think that uh, more conservative views tend to appeal to those. Well, kinds it also of reminded me of how. Um you know, back in the day, and I think they still do it with doctors, you know, they sort of had a haze that you get your medical degree and then you had to work 80 hours. Like I want mm-hmm. a doctor who's worked 80 hours. I don't. But that mm-hmm. was what they did and still do. And it seemed detrimental for the patient and the doctor. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me with certain groups, whether they're Sp- black or Spanish or whatever, that they're like, well, I had to work really goddamn hard to get in this country. So I'm not going to pave the way and make it easier mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. But I believe we are only as strong as our weakest fellow man. That's me. Totally agree. And That's, yeah. the more we can do to help out our fellow man and make it their journey a little easier. Like, that's what I do. I don't look at millennials or Gen X and go, I had to do. I mean, I do a little bit, but most of the time I go, I'm glad. I'm glad that things are a little easier for you now, mm-hmm. whether it's your sexuality 
diversity of yep. sexuality and thought. I mean, back when I was going to college, we couldn't have imagined what are your pronouns. Yeah. Not that people weren't doing everything they're doing now. Because I had a 16-year-old say to me, I am fluid. You don't understand it. And I was like, really? I don't? Have you ever read the Greeks? You're not the first person <laughs> to sleep with your roommate, honey. Uh, <laughs> and then she was like, you're old. Get off my lawn. And I was like, okay. But anyway, uh, it's an interesting topic. And I hope that we rise to the to the maturity we yeah. need. What do you yeah. think the chances of it are to wrap it up in our lifetime, you guys? <laughs> Josh, I wish you could see Josh. <laughs> I think we're both uh, got some, our, our eyes are bulging out right there. I mean, again, you know, to, to hearken back to Jean's eternal optimism, I would really like to believe so, but I am no spring chicken. <laughs> so, you know, in, in, in terms of my lifetime, I hope so. Gotcha. I'm going to say that. I hope Josh? so. Josh? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, just, I know that somehow, you know, this is a long struggle. To put it into the context of just the last 50 or 100 years is to not mm -hmm. grasp history. And yes. you have to step back and look at the, um, you know, look at it as an ongoing journey. And uh, uh, great, great man said, I may not be there with you when I get to the end. And, you know, probably none of us will. There is no end. But... I am not going to live to see Gene Roddenberry's vision, you know, anything like it fulfilled. But I, I got to do what I can to make sure that the people who come after me do what they can so that someday that is mm -hmm. a possibility. And yep. there have been times when it looks absolutely hopeless and then something happens that, you know, makes you get up and get back to work. And so I don't know. I, I don't I don't write <laughs> science fiction for the most part precisely because I can't predict this shit. Well, we're hoping mm. these quotes give people food for thought, right? Whether it is diversity in your own life or diversity of thought. Uh, mm -hmm. and diversity. diversity of experience. Right, right. So we want to thank the um, Oscar-nominated screenwriter and BAFTA-nominated screenwriter, Josh Olson, for joining us today. Say, I live with a cat and a dog, so. Who is, who now has that's a, diversity. Yes, that is diversity. <laughs> Cats and dogs living together. Okay, so <laughs> if you guys want to see the video of the uh, actors and performers we have reading these quotes, you can go over to the Roddenberry uh, social media pages on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And we thank you very much for listening. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 